Hello and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about role players. I'm Colin Lamoth. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics from creating a character to running a game and what it all means for people who share our favorite hobby. Today I'm joined by a guest who you have not heard from before, one of my staff at the City of Glass Games, uh, Danny Purdue. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, uh, that's that's pretty much me. I'm one of the staff at City of Glass Games. I'm Danny Purdue. I run the vampire plots uh, for the LARP, among other various interests that I have. This episode, we're going to be kind of breaking down Gen Con, not the con in general, because that honestly requires a lot more unpacking. Probably uh, a higher perspective than we have. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, instead, it's going to mostly center around the LARP, which, for those of us who were on staff, was pretty much all of Gen Con. In how much preparation and how much time it actually took when we were there. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a labor of love, but it, like most labors of love, it's painful between the legs. <laughs> Christ. All right, <clears throat> so we'll go ahead and jump right in. Um, this year was our second year of running the World of Darkness Larva. We use a classic World of Darkness Mind's Eye Theater system, which is essentially arbitration of challenges with rock, paper, scissors. It is not complicated, but you'd be surprised how many people still get confused over it. There's a lot of adjectives involved. There are a lot of adjectives involved, trait system and whatnot. We're not here to describe to you how to play Mind's Eye Theater, but instead to kind of go over what the experience was like. <clears throat> now, on the plus side, now positively, as you've heard in earlier episodes, the LARP went very well. Um... We had over, we once again oversold our events by uh, over 10 every single night. And uh, we have a lot of people that are currently role playing in the Discord, which is the server that we have between years to run the role play, working with their characters and prepping for next year. Now, we'll see how that carries over into year three. But as far as year two goes, I'd say that it was fairly successful with. A few small setbacks. So, <clears throat> Danny, from your perspective, you run with the vampires who are, I believe, the most populous of the supernatural groups that we have in the roleplay, coming back from the roleplay that we, the uh, the LARP that we kind of moved from, in which they were actually the least populous of almost anybody. Yeah, the last year of the previous storyline, they were the smallest. I was, I was one of their players... Um, and I had to coordinate them all, uh, and it was still like herding cats, but it was nothing like being there, the storyteller for, uh, like a almost probably, what, five, ten times larger group of people. I'd say so, given the amount of people that were left behind at the, the last <laughs> game, uh, five to, to six, possibly up to ten times, or it's pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, just a huge <clears throat> ramp up. So how do you handle that many plots, or even do you handle that many plots, Danny? Um... Well, I like to be as hands-off as I can. The first two nights this year, I spent uh, running around nonstop, like sweating, out of breath, almost uh, physically, spiritually, um, playing, for the most part, uh, just a single NPC uh, and adjudicating people's various scenes and questions they had about like their various operations and schemes that they're trying to do. Um, but I'm playing this single guy, this prince, mm -hmm. and... Um, the, the way that I was able to 
pass that off for me just almost being a player character with a million like plates spinning in the air uh was that i tried to do everything to everything that i was doing with that with that important character to mm-hmm. bring it all to a point where the players were going to take it off my hands <laughs> uh and and that came to a head night three um where i was able to uh get myself killed and and kind of hand it off to a series of like petty upstarts uh all awesome guys um but you're you're kind of a an upstart when there are like three of you and you're all trying to be the monarch yeah that's that's pretty much how it goes and that situation has not resolved itself i don't intend to allow it to resolve itself uh well i i don't intend to give any of the players a massive hand up over the other um I, i i want them to resolve it as much as possible by their wits rather than brute strength or anything. It's a pretty respectful way to go about it. In your estimation, um, what will you say are the most valuable skills that you look for, the most valuable traits that you look for in a player that comes to the LARP? Like, for you as a storyteller, what do you consider to be the most engaging characteristics and traits that someone could bring into a LARP? Like, if someone is sitting here listening to this podcast thinking, well, I've never done a LARP before because it sounds like you run around throwing like Nerf balls at each other screaming fireball. And there are kind of like two types of LARPs, one that's very hands-on, you bash each other with items, and the other one where you don't actually do that. We run the one where you don't actually do that. But <clears throat> if someone were sitting and listening thinking, maybe I'd be interested, but that sounds like a whole lot to get into and you've got an ongoing story, how do, how do you even get involved in that kind of thing? What would you say? Um, the, the, the kind of player that, that I would consider ideal is someone who is personable, someone who likes to have fun. You don't have to be a complete social butterfly or anything. Goodness knows that I myself am not. Um, but, but you, 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 you have to be down to collaborate and, uh, you have to be willing to like open up a little bit. Cause you know, in, in a good role play, you, you let, a little bit of your inner self out and you have to be willing to do that in like with other people and, and trust them to take it well so you have to be you have to just be willing to be accepting and to be accepted and i think coming to the larp with that kind of spirit is what is going to mean you're going to have the best time so for people that kind of struggle with that situation i'd say socially getting kind of into it and they need to feel a little more comfortable before they can really get into their character um how what would you suggest they do when they when they get to a LARP in order to kind of alleviate that tension, find a way to to make themselves comfortable enough to get into character? Because I don't know about you, but it's one of the reasons it's really hard for me to run games and like Applebee's or like Denny's. I just don't like people staring at me um, yeah. when when you know you're doing character voices and like wild gesticulations and people look over like what's going on over there. Uh, this might be worthy of YouTube. Um, I, I don't like, I don't like those situations. So I can definitely empathize with people who feel kind of getting to the LARP. Uh, This is a little overwhelming. I don't really know as many people here. I don't know if I can just jump into character and walk around like that. And they end up not having as good of a time because you kind of need to be in character and throwing yourself into the action in order to actually have a good time. So do you... As someone who is not a social butterfly, how how did you kind of get into character when you were a player? Well, um, 
as as storytellers, I would I would say that's a little bit of our responsibility to help you. Uh, that's that that I would even go so far as to say that's our main function in practice to help you get into things. Um, and uh, we do that from the from the ground up. Our our starting point is with the character sheets and everything that we write up. So uh, I, two pronged advice. Um, basically, uh, the first thing that you should do if you're considering getting into a LARP is uh, do a little homework, um, a little little legwork. Reach out to whoever is running that LARP uh, and just ask them if they can help you create a character or if they have a character that you could step into. And if it's a LARP worth its salt, as ours is worth so much salt, you can ask any of our players. They're salty all the time. All the time salty. Um, <laughs> they'll... Uh, they'll on your on your character sheet on your biography that they that they're going to help you create or give to you they're going to include contacts and those contacts are going to be other player characters so you're going to get little blurbs about other people uh so you don't ever actually have to know these guys as people though you can after the larp if if you want to um which we also encourage um you're going to know who they are in character and that's going to make you uh, hopefully make it a little bit easier to relate to them in character so you can try and approach it straight from that basis straight from the character sheet directly onto the floor uh and then secondarily to that i, I think a larp should always be run like a regular tabletop game which is out like in, in a room of its own not not in full view of the public so you don't get youtubed <clears throat> and stuff yeah, like that absolutely it it's it, it can be it can at times be intimate. Mm -hmm. That's that's for sure true. <clears throat> and I think uh, if I were to give some advice to new players that are stepping in, <clears throat> this is new advice that I kind of wish that I had known kind of going into things is don't be afraid to do something that you'd consider to be a little bit off the hinge, a little bit of crazy. You're like, oh, well, I mean, of course, the player characters might hunt me down because of this. You'd be surprised. Everyone's very busy at the LARP and it is very interesting how many egregious killable offenses actually go off the radar um, because people are just handling so many other things. And you'll have more fun if you attempt to <clears throat> input yourself into the action and the story in a really big way than if you sort of drift around from scene to scene. It's very easy to satellite in a LARP. Frankly, the amount of storytellers that are running around, it's hard to constantly engage the people that are just sort of sightseeing. And you can sightsee very easily, even with a character, and just sort of like go from place to place, being led by whatever PC seems the most charismatic. But you have to remember that you've got your own story, and you can do almost anything you want with the character now that you have it. Some of our LARP players ignored their bios completely and did <laughs> things... <laughs> and did things absolutely outside of what I would consider to be <clears throat> in character for their purview. But at that point in time, you can't really do anything about it. The players got it. You can't say, oh, I'm sorry, you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do this. It's their character. It's your character. So yeah, now it's my responsibility to make sure that that fits. Yeah. Uh, I, whatever you have done, I now have to, you know, kind of re recombobulate things. And I guess that's the other, the other thing that I would, I would definitely recommend is you don't approach it if you're, if you're used to playing like tabletop games or whatever don't approach it like you would a tabletop and be like I'm gonna have to rely on the dungeon master to give me the information that I need you can kind of a little bit treat the other players because they're all gonna have their own thing going on if you if you're willing to intrude upon that and insert yourself into it they're gonna give you information much like a, a storyteller would um, and you can you can use that information then. Incidentally, 
one downfall of a LARP that I that I can see happening that that does happen with a character that is more in the know <clears throat> is that random lies are so terribly effective in a LARP uh, because you don't have storytellers running around saying, <clears throat> oh, no, that's, oh, no, that's, that's not true. Yeah, that's not true. That's not how it's happening. You don't have a DM that is sitting at the table being like, wait, what are you talking about? I was just running this. This is not how it works. We're not there. We might not hear about it until it's already its own thing, until the players have shown up at the docks hunting something down that you never even had. Wait, what are you supposed to be hunting down? Well, somebody said there was some sort of demon octopus at the docks. Who? Who Who said that? And why? Um, <clears throat> the Situations can, and situations will, a la telephone be be sent way out of proportion i don't know how many plots i could tell you went off the rails because someone misinterpreted something a player said not maliciously they just thought it meant something that it didn't and that became the new base knowledge for all of the rest of the pcs yeah um we we tend to run into a phenomenon because we have so many players versus the number of storytellers that we have. We don't usually have staff playing like villains and stuff. We like to give a lot of villain roles out to players. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of my favorite phenomena is when villains come at each other. That's always fun because then they'll get like more good aligned characters and good aligned in quotes. Yeah. Uh, so to say. Uh, world of darkness, good yeah. aligned in quotes. Yeah. Jumping, jumping down each other's throats and helping them fight other villains and stuff like that. Um, we'll because the players are villains and we unlike a lot of like your stereotypical world of darkness in particular larp we kind of encourage like a very accepting environment where people are willing to be very diplomatic with each other and stuff which has resulted in some very hilarious things like an almost entirely pacifistic wolf pack and stuff like that um <laughs> they'll um, like yep. try they'll get out of a situation where they should by all like by all means be dead to rights by just being like oh no here's a random lie mm -hmm. <laughs> about why this isn't my fault and like people will take them at their word and like pursue something else so i guess my other advice is in addition to going to their players for information also be suspicious of them yeah i'll absolutely be suspicious of them <clears throat> i'll remember uh, one member of our staff um long time ago back when, before i was even running any storyline told me that uh you should never let anybody know what's on your sheet because as soon as they know what's on your sheet they know if they can kill you or not and that changes the entire nature of your experience with them apart from that everybody's sort of walking around with their hands near their holsters being like maybe i got the draw on you maybe you got the draw on me <laughs> but we, are we gonna test and find out <clears throat> and that's Frankly, a really inter it creates situations where people are almost by diplomacy forced to figure out other methodologies of solving problems rather than saying, let's throw down and fight. Because a lot of people don't want to lose their characters. And so they don't want to throw down and fight with someone who they don't know the power level of. And so they just end up grinning at each other across the table, fangs and teeth and claws, and maybe we can work this out together. Also, the most awesome thing to me is that usually the way that you, you know, you, you, you start to understand that as you play the LARP, like, oh, any of these people could have any combination of powers like that, that might floor me or be useless against my powers, but I can't find that out. But I do know one way to rig it in my favor. I'll get people on my side. Um, but then you, you run into scenarios where you've gotten people on your side, 
uh, but you they didn't actually be truthful with you about what's on their character sheet or whatever. And so you might roll up to a combat feeling awesome because you've got your gang behind you, but the moment you've got those people behind you, they're behind you. Uh, and in your back's open. Uh, so, so it's it's just it's a lot of fun. You just have to be willing to be to put yourself out there and be surprised because you will be surprised. If you if you get in the mix, you'll be surprised. But if if you're willing to like think on your feet and uh, just just be kind of ballsy about it, um, you can you can work things to your favor usually. Let's <clears throat> let's actually talk about villains for a moment because I, I feel like that is a it's a theme that we kind of we've rolled over before in uh, previous episodes, Jess and I, and Jess is still out recovering and uh, hopefully he feels better. Um, <clears throat> that broken arm healing up and all that, Jess. Also, it's been Jess's birthday, so happy birthday to Jess online. Happy um, birthday, Jess. That aside, done. Villains are something that's usually handled in a tabletop game by the DM. <clears throat> it can be seen as a faux pas when parties are anti-party, uh, or sorry, when characters are anti-party, if you, you know, if you will, depending on how badly they're anti-party. <clears throat> but in a LARP, you almost, it almost necessitates people having to fill the roles of villains because storytellers have to keep so many plates in the air rolling. And PvP actually fills up a, a a pretty decent portion of uh, of any particular LARP. I'm not saying that PvP is in combat, but players playing against players, trying it's to get what intrigue. they want. Yeah, it's intrigue. <clears throat> and that creates a really interesting dynamic to play villains. Now, it's the policy of our particular group, um, mostly because uh, both Danny and I have both played villains who had... Um, kind of really a, a bit of a whimper of an end um and that was that was very unsatisfying at the time that it happened and so what i'm we, still unsatisfied about it i i am too it's unsatisfying every time i think about it i like character just died secretly in an alley and then yeah and mine died pitifully in front of an audience so i mean i know it's not it's not great both of them bad for whatever reason dark times <clears throat> yeah and <clears throat> Villains do have their place, and, and you know, you can run your LARP however you want. Maybe you let the villains win. It Generally speaking, in, in mine, it is accepted or it is understood that if you are playing the pure dang nasty evil, I want to destroy the world, at some point in time, you are going to be defeated. However, it is your absolute right to make it as epic as absolutely possible. And that, that I can't stress enough, <clears throat> because there was a scene that we had on night one, um, a player was ready to see their character off into kind of villainy. And they were like, all right, and I was like, all right, I can give you some of the power that you're looking for in order to make this impactful. But we accept that you are not surviving past night one of the LARP. And he said, that's fine. I'm like, all right, well, they're going to we're going to give them a performance. And we did, and it was a huge scene. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, was, like, it was massive. It affected everything else yeah. that was happening. It, it was huge. It affected the entirety of the LARP kind of going forward, and, and the player so enjoyed it, both the people that defeated him and the guy who was defeated. And frankly, at the tabletop, you don't get it that often. Usually if the player characters find out that someone's been anti-party and they gang up and kill that dude, that dude's not happy. That player is sitting there being like, man, screw this shit. Man, 
I would have gotten you all. Um, but this yeah, situation. I don't want you to be like a Scooby Doo villain where it's like, and I would have gotten it too if it weren't for you kids and your meddling dog or, or whatever it is. But we want to hand out. Meddling Manticore? Meddling Manticore. Yeah, we don't want to hand out like crippling defeats as much as like Pyrrhic victories mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. If at all possible, we want to make it a show. Right. And I mean, to a sense, that's kind of what we're putting on, is we're all putting on a show for each other. We're all live action acting in front of each other. We are putting this on as a whole troop. We somehow thought that it would be a wise idea to gather some 60 people in a room with all of these different plots going on and try desperately to keep it all on the same level and making sense. Yeah, 60 clever, intelligent, fast-thinking nerds. Uh, and, and we have to keep up with all of them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's daunting. It is a daunting task and sort of requires your staff to communicate well with each other uh, and requires your players. It really requires your players to be patient because I, I can't tell you how many times um, I've had to say, oh, you, you need to wait one minute. I got to finish this scene and then you're next on my list. You're next on my list. Just thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if I could just bloop clone myself and go ahead and run this next scene while this is happening. Um, and as a player character, if you're waiting on a on a narrator or a storyteller to run your scene, it is absolutely your right. You can go ahead and do something else. You can go and get involved in a different thing that's going on and just kind of wait to see when they'll next be available. Um, but for the most part, a LARP is run on your own. You are going to be in storyteller scenes, yes, but it's not going to be very often that you'll be in storyteller scenes alone because usually we don't have the time to run individual scenes. We're each responsible for like 10 players in, you know, like at at any, yeah, at any given time, we're responsible for 10 players. So you starting and completing and arbitrating scenes that don't require storytellers actually takes a great deal of pressure off of us so that we can focus on running some of the really big moments that need to happen and the moments that you will absolutely enjoy. And in our, our outfit, we like to do all the one-on-one stuff, like your, your really personal don't share with anybody moments. We like to do that between years yeah. uh, and stuff like that because we like to use the LARP and I would recommend if you ever get into LARPing to do it the same way as a platform to like make friends and, and socialize. Oh yeah, absolutely. Our our friend group whew, has expanded yeah. expanded by a lot based around based around the LARP, based around people that just came and participated in the LARP and they just became our friends afterward. And we kind of used the framework of the game to have regular meetings and discussions and it just ends up building its own kind of community. Now, we have something going on between the years. It's the it's the Discord, the City of Glass Discord where we're running the end of the LARP and um, a few different arcs, um, storylines that will take place over two, two and a half months um, until we reach back around to our final year of San Francisco, which is where is the setting of the LARP. Colin, do the players know that it's the final year? Some of them do. Some of them don't. We, this is kind of spoilers. Do any of them listen to this? Some of them do listen to this, and it's not really that much of a spoiler. They, like, they kind of need to be prepared, I think. They need to know that they're going into the into the third and final year, because if, if they get through the third and final year, and they're like, and now we're done. We're done with all of San Francisco. And they, they thought they were going to keep going. <laughs> we're going to be 
they're gonna think, think we're dicks. I think in my heart, I don't feel like it will be the last year. Like, I, you know, I, I, I'm just a storyteller this year, the second year. So I still, I feel like this was my first year. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is something to be said, and, and theoretically, we could keep it going year after year after year in San Francisco. But there is something to be said for. You want to keep it fresh. Keep yeah. them confused. <laughs> keep them confused. Yeah. A quote for LARP. You you want to keep things fresh with the player with the player characters and as attached to characters as you get. There is such a thing as kind of stagnating at a certain level, and there's a thing like creeping power level, um, where eventually everybody's running around at the top ends of like their power tier, blowing each other up, and like it becomes. If you're a DM, let me just put it this way. If you're a DM that was ever running a game that was set in a cityscape or a town and you had a, a bunch of PCs running around in that cityscape or oh, that you mean town. Oh, stop literal explosions. Yeah, yeah. And then the, by the end of it, that town was something of an, a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Imagine what 60 of them do. It, it's not realistic in some of these cases, to stay in a place where it would be almost ludicrous to not believe in the supernatural with all the crazy crap that they bring to bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is that. There is that. That is a strong impetus for, for moving the setting around so we can kind of keep... Because we, we, try to, we try to move to different locales but keep somewhat of a continuous storyline. So, like, we have players in this LARP from the three-year chronicle uh, that we were doing before, or that they were doing. I played in it. Uh, I died. Uh, my, yeah. my character's influence is not felt. No, I, I died too. Yeah, you, you died before I did. Yeah. I, I actually saw you die. It was, it was a weird kind of torch passing of like ignoble death to yeah. ignoble death. Like, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I kind of I cursed you. One. Yeah, like one. I, was, I was actually the only person that saw your terrible death. Um, You're just now realizing that I cursed you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's frustrating. Yeah, well, it was uh, frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah, there, I will have my revenge. Um, but what I was, where I was going with that is we want to kind of move the damage from place to place so we can, we can drop, uh, drop a stone or drop 60 stones in the pond on one side and then move over and like see what the ripples might do on the other side. So next uh i guess 2020 uh ohio shattered or whatever it's gonna be uh no we know where it is but that might that might be spoilers we yeah we we're pretty sure we know where it is but we'll we'll hold a vote and we'll see what happens yeah um is it hogwarts that's not accurate um what i found and this is just through my experience running games. This is through my experience with LARPs. And, and people do LARPs all kinds of ways, especially at Gen Con. Because there's a certain body of thought that believes that when you come to Gen Con, you come to play a character that you would not be able to play at home. You're not looking to play an ongoing chronicle. You're not looking to play uh, a storyline. You're looking to come in. You're looking to be a badass, do some weird stuff. I want to be at a an abomination this time or something like that and and then go home and not have to worry about it again and i've played in those games and they were fine technically it's a barrel of laughs but but then like you leave and there's just nothing you just wait until the next year and it's, that's that's all there is in my opinion you know like the stories that you tell to people 
the stories that you're proud of. Um, and that's what we want to create. We want to create an experience that you'll like be able to straight-facedly tell someone, like, I had a good time doing this. Obviously, someone who is in the know yeah. as far as... Uh, Preferably. Otherwise, yeah. they'll stare. Otherwise, you're, you're going to look a little crazy anyway. You're going to be on YouTube. But, like, you're, you're going to have more fun telling them about, like, this, like, intricately crafted character or whatever, this grounded dude in the setting rather than, like, your half-giraffe, half-dinosaur ranger that uh, went around blowing up Applebee's. Uh, be- because he hates uh, appetizers. Um, like, that's a character. That's a character concept. Yeah, actually, right I think I proved myself wrong. Just yeah, now. you just you really would did be more interested in that story. They really would be. That's a new. Char- that's a character. We're gonna have that one. On half top. giraffe, half dinosaur ranger. Half giraffe, half dinosaur ranger. Perfect. His name is Stanley Bulwark. Stanley Bulwark. I, you and Jess and the friggin' names. All right. Um. <clears throat> People, I have found, respond positively to having a sense of being able to change things, of being able to go year by year and feel their impact spread out throughout um, throughout the setting. Yeah. To see other people kind of uh, watch what they have wrought. And like those people don't even necessarily know where the these, these consequences have come from. But that guy knows, that guy that's watching, he knows he did that. Yeah. It's his fault. And I I really enjoy those moments when you just sort of, to some new players, you, you introduce an NPC, and they're like, huh, this NPC, but like some old players in the back are like, no, it's that yeah. guy. Uh, for, for any of you who've watched like uh, uh, gamers and stuff, The Shadow. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta watch, I gotta watch that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're seminal. So... We've talked about everything that is really kind of like fun and great about the LARP that we ran and um, everything like that. But I, I don't know if our players necessarily know the amount of work that the staff go through in order to make this experience happen. And we've got about 10 minutes or so left in the episode. So we'll we'll try to we'll try to not harangue you you on it. But uh, harangue? Is it harangue? harangue. It's harangue. Yeah, I always right. pronounce things wrong. Um, if you just stopped before the second year, you could have gotten away with it. Yeah, but I didn't. You could have just pretended it was a stutter. But I... I didn't. Full transparency. Sometimes Colin reads words before he ever hears them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's accurate. It's the life of a reader. Um, let's talk a little bit about the amount of work that goes into it. So the very first year of the LARP, I wrote <clears throat> the lion's share of the characters. <laughs> Uh, Colin, you're being a total orangutan right now. Oh my god, you. All right. <laughs> I, you know, you take over. Okay. I need a beat. So, uh, my the, my favorite times whenever I'm involved in a conversation are when I can make Colin have to retreat from, from talking for a moment. Uh, <laughs> it's the only silence I get in my life. And now I have to fill the space myself. Um... I, I, didn't, I didn't come here to do this, but I'm very happy with my, my position. The amount of work that goes into creating a LARP is um, a lot larger than the players might expect. 
Uh, it requires the writing of the characters, but it's not just the writing of the characters. That's not the only thing that goes into it. You have to keep in mind that all of these characters have to be in some way connected, not only to the main plot, but connected to each other. Most importantly to each other. Yeah, most importantly to each other, because that's the only way that the social context of the LARP even happens. If people have what you want, or they know what you need to know, and you can go and talk to them. So these, let's say, let's say... We have like 30-some characters for the first year. All of them had to be connected. Um, all of them had to have a network of both contacts and backstory and purpose and goals that were both in competition and supplemental to each other in such a way as to create the groups that we needed to have in order to run our story. And this year we had to have some 60 people with the same thing, like Double that amount. And this is... Yeah, so, like, as, as as storytellers writing this, we have to make, like, a Jenga tower of story pieces that players can pull in and out of and stack up in different ways without it collapsing. And, and, and we're the only thing that stops it from collapsing. And, and this is after a year of, of the original players playing through more and more of a story, creating more ideas, more story, more things. So we That's have not to, a complaint. We're proud of that. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, that is the nature of, of pride. Like, I'm glad that we have that going on. But for a player to understand the amount of work that goes into it, your storyteller is not only running your scene, they are also running the scenes for any number of other people that are in the LARP. They are also keeping tabs and context on the scenes that they run and how they relate to all of the other scenes that are theoretically happening in the game. They are communicating with each other, they're building characters, they are finding ways for the game to be better uh, in, and you know, more interactive, and that can very well translate into a pretty large time sink. So what can you do as a LARP player to kind of take some of the burden off the story, especially if we're looking at like the between the between the years stuff, what what the LARP storytellers want, and this may sound counter so we're, we're to what I just said. this on the Discord server, I assume. I it, I mean, we'll let Here them you know, go, guys. Here's advice. We'll let them know it's there. Uh -huh. They they can do what they want. Um, mandatory listening. It's, de it's definitely not mandatory. Uh, if you made it this far, though, you might as well go to the end. Um, <clears throat> what what we want, and this may sound counter to what I was saying, we're, we're under so much work, but what we want is activity. We want people to be engaged. We want people to be pushing those storylines. We want you to be doing impressive, amazing, crazy things that we didn't expect you to do. We want that because it gives us more collaborative opportunity to work with each other's creativity to create stuff that we weren't even planning on putting in in the first place. So as a player, you can reach out to some of the friends that you made in the LARP that might not have had the time to join into the Discord or anything like that and be like, hey, I'd love to run this scene with you. If you got some time, I can grab a storyteller. We can definitely make this happen. Pulling some of your friends into the LARP, our our success depends on our player base and our staff. You know. We're all trying to recruit as actively as possible, but our player characters, the people who are actually playing in the game, if you've enjoyed yourself, if you think this is a valuable experience, if you think that this would be fun, pull other people in. We will make you characters. We will give you your place in this world, and it will be fun. And that's what we want, because as we grow larger, our staff will open up, and usually we pick from our best players, the people who would be staff. And we've definitely made 
being staff sound extremely attractive. Yeah, because so uh, of all the time and the work that goes into it. But you really like afterwards, you can look back and say, "We're really proud." Yeah, at, at you what forget. We did. You forget the pain, and you just remember <laughs> the pleasure. We we always do. Yeah, it, I like. It always I, happens. I, like, it was so worth it to me on night three after uh, Prince Joachim Van Nuys was dead, and uh, um, James Kwan. Luke Calhoun and Gustave Castile were all like, I'm the Baron, I'm the Prince, I'm the Prince. Um, it just, I, I sat back and like, no one approached me. Like I almost was like done for the night. Like players didn't even care what I had to say. They were all busy with each other. Uh, and I, I felt like I had like almost arranged a party. Uh, I, I felt like the great Gatsby almost. Um, I, <laughs> It was a good time. It, it, like I forgot about all of the all of the nerves that had been uh, strangling me before that, and I just I just relaxed and looked on. Felt like I had I had done something good, and uh, please don't correct me if I'm wrong about that. I'm not I'm not going to correct you. Uh, I speak now to the audience, uh, yeah. our mandatory, our, our captive audience. Yeah, not mandatory audience. The LARP, and you may have, as a listener, a lot of feelings about what a LARP is, what it represents to you, whether it's cool or not cool, because I know when I first heard LARP, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. It's not cool. (laughs) It's, it's, it's real nerdy. However, you can be real cool in the LARP and we congratulate each other and we still tell stories about the things that happened throughout the year and Ultimately, it's a place for creative minds to engage and collaborate telling a story. And as a storyteller, we may pretend like we're in charge, but like really the, the players drive the plot. We only put suggestions in their way. And you guys decide what you want to deal with. So you're, you're kind of the authors of this, of this grand story with all of these twisting ends and characters and and such interesting faces um and events and i wouldn't change it for anything i think it's it's absolutely fantastic i mean i'm i'm still running it Uh, i intend to run it into into year three i intend to run it every year until it's not successful and then i'll figure the grave I'll, i'll run it into the grave right into the ground um and that's what we all knew they all knew they'd bury me under my LARP. That's how it goes. And we, I have a plenty of other staff that I would love to thank and that I wish were, were here to give their own view, but this, this episode would, would be far too long. Far, far too long. So we'll see if we can't give insights into some of the other staff as kind of time goes on. And if you have any questions about LARP, um, how it is run, how we run our game. If you're interested in maybe joining the City of Glass game, you'd be absolutely welcome to. We run our game in person at Gen Con every year. It is a fantastic convention. It gets bigger every year. I, I fully recommend going. It's amazing. Uh, the very little that I saw of it uh, was fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but otherwise, if you have experiences that you've had at your own LARPs, um, stuff that we didn't talk about that you would have liked to hear, uh, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Dodeca Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook. We are on Tumblr. We are on Instagram. And the, we are also on Twitter, but that's the weird one. That's under Podcast Dodeca. 
And uh, you can reach out to us in any number of these ways. Uh, let us know what you thought of our uh, of our guest, Danny. I, I promise I will read every hurtful comment to him, uh, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, and if you don't send any, he'll be forced to make them up. Yeah, and, and that's not a very creative man. So I'm, please, I'm not. Please don't force him to do that. Yeah, don't. It'd be embarrassing for me. It'd be embarrassing for Danny. None of us want that. Um, so please reach out to us. Let us know what you like, what you want to hear more about. Um, and we would be absolutely happy and we'd be absolutely happy to do that. Um, <clears throat> Danny, do you have any last words that you would like to, that you'd like to give to everybody who's listening about, uh, the experience of LARP this, your first year as storyteller, any last things that you want to give out to the player characters or to just anybody who's even thinking about being a part of a LARP or joining as a storyteller? I, I guess on the spot. My my final closing thoughts would, would just be be brave. Uh, don't be afraid to spin a tale. Uh, don't be afraid to tell the truth or tell a lie when it's convenient to you. Well said. I like that. So from all of us here at Dodecahedron, thank you for listening. Oh, thank you for listening. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on our next adventure.